Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Almost heaven. West Virginia. Big 12 this morning. Sirius XM. Channel 375. I'm with Dave Archer, the former Iowa State Cyclones, Atlanta Falcons quarterback. I am Ari Temkin. Stuck now with Mike Ousty, who does a fantastic job in covering West Virginia, which is why you hear, of course, the theme for West Virginia football, uh, WV Sports Now and the Believe Network. Mike Ousty joining us here. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well, guys. Yeah, good morning to both of you. I enjoy that lead-in music there with the song for the best tradition in college football, Country Roads. So, happy to be here. Yeah, so, what, where's the West Virginia fan right now in terms of psyche? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's a pretty, it's a pretty down, negative vibe situation. And it's been a roller coaster ride, which is exactly what Neil Brown's talked about, and is very, very evident, as you know. The vibes were kind of high entering the season, especially after JT Daniels would come aboard, even though some national writers and myself kind of thought maybe the season wouldn't go as well as some fans thought. But the fans were thinking eight-plus wins. You get into the year, people thought, okay, after the brawl, they cover the spread, they play well, pits rank, vibes are good. And then it dips again after Kansas. It goes back up again eventually after Virginia Tech, but obviously Virginia Tech's not that good of a team. They kind of get exposed. You get the Texas game. It's all bad again. Baylor's win makes people feel a little bit better. The players, the coaches, they were happy at the facility. The fans seemingly were letting things calm down a bit. And then to lose the way they did, it's not even just to lose to a good Texas Tech team, really, but to lose that way, it's now at its worst. You could absolutely call that the worst loss for Neil Brown, certainly in year four. And I think the vibes are really at the worst they've been in a long time. And you have the class of the conference coming up. So the psyche is just not good right now. We talked to Shane Lyons at uh, Big 12 Media Days, and Shane pretty much drew a line in the sand that eight wins, you just talked about that, that eight wins was the number. Um, Obviously, that looks like a tall task right now. Still attainable, but it looks like a tall task right now. You think that that's still a done deal? Is that a is that a written in stone deal, or is, can they do something here in the back five games of the season to change that thought process? Well, he's obviously going to have a bar that is high. You want to have a high goal, certainly, and this is off of last year being a six and seven season with a loss in, let's be honest, a mediocre bowl game. They did win a bowl game the year before, so that was when people thought, okay, there is actually a climb. So that maybe is why the excitement in that eight-win bar was put out there this year, because if that happened, then, wow, the program is actually climbing and, and doing what it's supposed to do. Well, with five games left and how they've been playing, it's hard to know how they're going to play, because they've kind of also been a roller coaster ride on how they played. 
and the offense has been really good this year, except for the Texas Tech game. You figure they're bounced back, but no, I don't see eight wins happening this year. In all reality, the realistic thing that really needs to be discussed for the rest of this season is if this team can win three more games, get into a bowl game, and then try to actually win that bowl game, which would be the second win of a bowl game under Neil Brown because they lost last year in the guaranteed rate bowl. If they can win three more the rest of the season, and it'll be a tough schedule. As you can look at that schedule, their ranked teams coming up, the schedule's not easy. That, then, I think would make fans feel a little bit better, certainly about the situation under Neil Brown, certainly about the future of the program. They actually do have a solid recruiting class. A lot of people have that as a top 35, if not a top 30 recruiting class, which is surprising for a program that's been down. So if you couple all of that with a bowl appearance and doing it off of a strong finish to the year, that would make you feel good. It won't be easy to get there. I'm not sure I think they're going to get six wins, so certainly not eight. They basically would need to win out. But if they can get a bowl appearance and win six, I think that would make the vibes a lot better going into next year. But the specialness of this year with JT Daniels, that's kind of, you know, he's a really, really great quarterback. I do believe that. But in terms of this season, that's kind of wore off. The players even yesterday actually were talking about how we want to finish and get into a solid bowl game and then try to win it and lead it to the future of the program. They didn't give that win benchmark anymore. Hmm. What do you think's gone wrong this year for them? I mean, entering the season, honestly, I think the reason why a lot of national writers, and I honestly thought they would win six games. I didn't buy the eight wins. I didn't think they'd win three or four. I, I thought around six, similar to last year. Uh, I think number one, and this is no excuse, but there have been tons of injuries. I mean, even again against Texas Tech. You have C.J. Donaldson emerge as a great freshman running back against Pitt. He then eventually goes out against against Texas with a concussion. So you lose him, even though they did win that game. Tony Mathis now gone for the TCU game. He's been a solid back as the feature back this year. Charles Woods, you lose him in week one early. He's been out most of the year. I actually did a story kind of trying to figure out what the season would have been with him. He's a piece of the secondary. He's the best part of the secondary. He's the only veteran really there that's been around. They lost to a lot of teams that ran all over, passed all over. That could have been a factor. So tons of injuries. The defense was banged up. The defense was inexperienced this year off of what they've done at West Virginia. A lot of transfers, a lot of younger players. So I didn't think the defense was going to be as good as some would have thought. It, granted, it was good the last few years. And then it's just really kind of been a roller coaster ride. I mean, there's just honestly, I thought they'd be better than what they've been certainly with how the offense has been playing, but they just haven't, <laughs> they just haven't been good enough. There's been different decisions here or there, uh, maybe different, different, you know, conservative decisions that fans would have liked to go on the other way, including not going forward on a fourth and short against Pitt. You do look at the schedule because I did think that part of the reason why eight wins weren't going to happen, this was a tougher schedule this year than last year with the brawl to start. You do have, tons of ranked teams in the conference and Virginia Tech was on the road even though they did win it and Tech's a little down but tough schedule a lot of injuries the defense not nearly going to be as good as people thought and in the losses the defense let this offense down Kansas the defense is real bad Texas the defense is real bad and Texas Tech the offense didn't play well but the defense 
was really, really bad. They, they didn't get any turnovers prior to the Baylor game, really, except for a late pick against Virginia Tech. So they weren't turning the football over in their favor. And then the offense allowing the turnover margin hasn't been good this year. All of that together, and, and here we are. Mike, give us what is the class, What is JT Daniels' classification? Because I'm seeing junior. It, is that possible? Is he's a junior this year? What is his classification? He should be able to come back next year. So yeah, he's listed okay. on the on the WVU website and all that as as a junior. He's listed as a junior. Um, okay, he should be able to come back next year through all the injuries and everything, and even with COVID. I think that's how we get here. Um, I know he's been around a long time, it kind of feels like, but he should be able to right. come back next year. I think the thinking was, though, coming into the season for fans, is that if they had a really special year and he played really well, that he would not want to come back next year. I don't know if that changes now. They did get a quarterback commit just yesterday um, as their only for the 2023 class. They do have a lot of young QBs on the roster. Um so the future of the QB position, I think, is pretty bright. But if JT comes back next year, he would be the starter, obviously, I would imagine. He's had a good year, not maybe as great as some would have thought. But he, he, should, he can come back next year. He's a really smart kid. We'll see what he wants to do and what the feelers are. Um, he does have his sights on in the next level if that's possible for him. Well, I'm just thinking about the future. Of the, you talked about the future of the program, and there's some young players in this program, Caden Prather being yeah. one, C.J. Donaldson being right. one, that are guys that are kind of generating some buzz around them as far as yeah. being able to go someplace else to play. And so J.T. Daniels returning, I would think, would be a big part of those guys potentially coming back as well. Obviously, Neil Brown not going anywhere might have a lot to do with that as well, but – yeah. Are coaches fearful of that scenario? They have a down year, and certainly this was a year that you expect a little bit more out of West Virginia, maybe. But you have a down year, and then you get guys that surface like a, a like a, a Prather or a C.J. Donaldson, yeah. and you lose them. They go someplace else. That's a concern for every coach around the country, I'd imagine. But when your program's down, then it, it's absolutely an increased concern. And part of the reason why I didn't think they were going to be to that eight-win level this year, as you guys know, they lost a lot of players from last year's team to this year's team. So Mesador was on last year's team. <laughs> He's a great defensive player. He's in Miami. And when he transferred, you can read about it, he kind of dragged the program and the school through the mud. Now, I don't think that's fair. I, I don't know what Mesador his experience was. But that was a little bit of a black eye on Neil Brown, on the vibe. And then you get J.T. Daniels to come aboard. So you lose trans- you lose players to transfer, you get players. It does work both ways for coaches at all levels of college sports. But, yeah, that is a concern, of course. Um, C.J. Donaldson, I think, is one that wouldn't be going anywhere just for the fact that he – that would be a big risk for him personally for the fact that he wasn't even a running back in his whole life prior to this season. He was listed as a tight end. He was just an athlete that Neil Brown took a shot on. Wasn't really highly recruited out of high school. He found now a spot as a running back. If he would transfer, I don't know how another program would use him, and it would be like starting from scratch again. Um, Caden Prather has been really, really good. He stepped up, maybe much more than others would have thought. I think that's part of JT Daniels' brilliance, that he can find a lot of diamonds in the roughs find the second or third read, involve as many receivers as possible beyond Bryce Ford Wheaton. That's something that I don't think Jared did as well last year. He kind of clung to the first two receivers. 
JT is spreading it out. So another year of those receivers with JT would be big because they only got to know him since the end of May. So that chemistry would be really, really big. So that's always a concern. But I don't know definitively what's going to go on. I think the issue is by having this poor season, and I do believe Neil Brown will be back next year, but that's really the chatter uh, amongst fans, even kind of quietly amongst the media members of what to do with Neil Brown. How long is he going to be there? If he sits in a room of a recruit or a transfer and they say, are you going to coach my kid for the next three or four years? Can he ensure he will? Since he's now in year four, the program's looking worse than it's been the last few years. And he has solid recruiting classes, but at some point they will have to cut bait despite a solid relationship. And then it's all up in the air on who they hire, if that system works, if those players want to stay. You kind of are starting again, but they may have to do that. So I think Brown will be back, mostly also because of his buyout being so big. But when you have your head coach's future kind of being talked about, that can cause some uncertainty amongst the players, sure. Should he be back? Well, I'll be honest with you. I said before the season, and I got some flack for this, that he had to be on the hot seat. And I put a number that he had to win six games and get back into a bowl game. And just for the fact that the schedule was going to be tougher, they lost a lot of players, you didn't want to dip back. You wanted to at least be neutral and then try to climb next year possibly. Um, and that, I don't know if that bar is going to happen. Personally, um, I think because the buyout and the recruiting class is so strong, they're going to bring them back. If the buyout wasn't a thing, so hypothetically, if you take away the buyout and you say it's not as $20 million now or 16.7 next year, then no. I actually do think I would probably cut bait if I was running things. It is year four. If you're looking through the last four years in terms of big wins, there's not many of them. There's Kansas State a few years ago, but it was early in the tenure. There's Virginia Tech last year, but they lost five games after playing West Virginia, so that doesn't feel as good. There's Tech this year, but they're not that good. Baylor is a big win, but they were no longer ranked. They lost their ranking the week before, so it's not a ranked win. And then, of course, West Virginia follows it up with a really bad showing against Texas Tech. Against that you know, BS competition, he hasn't nearly been as competitive as maybe against the bottom feeder comp- teams of that, of like Kansas the last several years prior to this year, or the big performances of his offense or against FCS teams. So if you, if you look at just FBS, you look at big wins, you see a lot of bad losses in there and kind of funky games. Yeah, you do win a bowl game, but then you dip, you dip again. This isn't year one or two. In today's college football, a coach to get five, six years is almost unheard of. So I think I would actually look to move on, and especially with the fact that obviously conference chaos is going on with realignment. You want to make sure your program appears stable. If you have a coach that's in limbo that you're not sure on, that's not stability. you got to start as soon as possible to get stability. And even a guy like Graham Harrell, who's with the program now, he's not a West Virginia guy, but he's there. He's that young offensive mind that a lot of people maybe would like. If you're going to try to do that Sean McVay, Cliff Kingsbury type of thing, he's in your program. You wait. You could lose him. There's a lot of other names that are out there, of potentially coaches that could come aboard. But I think I would cut bait now. I don't think they will. Um, but I probably would say this is year four. This isn't year one or two. Um, there are other coaches that have been fired over worse situations um, or even better situations than this. you got to set some type of standard with the conference shaking things up. 
All right, Mike Ousty. He, uh, he does a fantastic job covering West Virginia for WV Sports Now and the Believe Network. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Big 12 this morning, Sirius XM, Channel 375 with Dave Archer. I am Ari Temkin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.